Hello, welcome to Life's Difficult, a podcast where we discuss the many, many challenging aspects of modern life and how we attempt to navigate them. I'm Mikhail, and as always, I'm joined by my conversation partner, Milos. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited for this episode. This is going to be a fun one because it's something that I'm dying to do again very soon. Uh, mm-hmm. How about you? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I think uh, things are starting to op- open up here, or at least looking like they're going to open up here, which I think has both of us feeling pretty good. Yeah, very excited. Um, and that does kind of tie in with the topic of this episode, which is the difficulty with travel. And, um, you know, again, we we have these episodes titled in a certain way where everything is a difficulty of something or the difficulty with something. Um, so in, it, it kind of makes us think differently when approaching a topic, because when you immediately think about travel, it's not necessarily a difficult thing. It's a fun thing. Mm-hmm. But you can travel in a way that leaves you dissatisfied or wanting more or just navigating. It can be troublesome. And so I think that's kind of what we'll be tackling today in mm-hmm. regards to uh, travel and how it, it can be difficult. Especially, I think especially as a younger person, perhaps with uh, not a lot of travel experience, trying to navigate it and trying to make it the most fulfilling you know, experience imaginable um, can be daunting and then can set you up for a letdown. I don't know if you've had that yeah. kind of experience, but um, I think with, in my life, travel has been a bit more thrust upon me, mm-hmm. less than like, uh, you know, me choosing to travel. So I think maybe it's better that you start with kind of what your experience with travel has been. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like as an immigrant, I've had those experiences as well because, you know, you have to go visit the old country. Right. So there's there's some of that too. It's like, you know, I remember being in grade eight and, and uh, every, oh no, no, it wasn't grade eight or I think it was in grade eight. No, it wasn't in grade eight. It was like in grade 11, I think, where everybody was going to go on this cool trip to Alberta with, that the school was doing, but I had to go back to Serbia and visit the family. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, I was all butthurt and stuff. But I think, you know, so there's a little bit of that as well. I understand your experience about being forced. I think for uh, the, the grand majority of people, the biggest issue with travel is that it's expensive. It takes time away from what they're doing. And if you're not doing it when you still have your, your fun employment, you're in trouble, right? Like you can be fun employed or you can be employed. You can have a real <laughs> job or you can have that job where you're like, I don't care. You know, right. and I think for a lot of people, the, the, the struggles with traveling are, are basically, you know, especially in North America, um, you know, the standard person gets two weeks off if they're lucky mm-hmm. from a regular nine to five. So you get two weeks. And I mean, the world's a big place. And like my, one of my favorite places to go visit was Southeast Asia. It takes 24 hours just to get there. Right. 24 hours just to get there, 24 hours to get back. Not to mention the jet lag and that you have to go back to work on like the following Monday. That gives you like 10 days, 10, 11 days total. And I mean, my personal, my, my biggest thesis about this whole thing is you, the biggest problem with travel is that you're going to get one of those two situations. You're going to get the situation that you just mentioned where you get there and you're like, oh my God, this is so unfulfilling because you chose the wrong kind of travel for you. Or you're going to get there and you're going to realize, oh my God, this is so amazing. Why the hell am I going back in like four days, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and I think you can have a mix of the two, right? I hear about people going, like, again, I spent a lot of time in Thailand. I remember people, 
meeting people there and I'm like, oh, that's so cool that you came to Chiang Mai. How long are you here for? Another 16 hours and then I fly to Koh Phangan and then from Koh Phangan we're going here, there, 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 there. And it's like they're putting my, like Thailand's a big country. It doesn't look like it on the map, but it's massive. Getting mm -hmm. across that thing is actually, like, okay, if you fly, it's not like super long, but like I met people who they had like literally 24 to 48 hours in every location. And I'm like, that's not enough time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not. And I mean, I get it. Like, a lot of people are drunk the whole time anyway, so a lot of the memories are fuzzy anyway. <laughs> but you're not getting the time to really sink it in. And so I think for most people, the issues with travel are practical ones first. It's first things like, how do I even get there? How do I get the money to get there? How do I enjoy myself with the limitations that the money puts on me? And then, you know... And, and then they ask the questions, and I think the questions we'll probably go more into is like, how do I do extended travel? How do I do travel for a lifestyle? How do I do, and in some ways, I know that the travel that you and I are going to talk about won't be the stereotypical normative travel because you and I come from our own backgrounds where, you know, you, you traveled with your family yeah. growing up. And me, I had a, a job that allowed me to take three months off at a time mm -hmm. with absolutely no, no, no problem to my income. Because it was during the dead season of the industry and I was self-employed so I could go and do whatever the hell I wanted. Um, and those kind of travel experiences are unique, but I also think that they speak a little bit more to, because within those, because there's so much longer and so much, there's so much more that we do in those, we, you know, you can have the congested travel experience in that where, you know, like, I don't know about you, but I, I definitely did in Thailand where I decided, okay, in Five days, I'm going to do a bunch of the islands. Why? I don't know. Because it seemed fun. Shouldn't have done it that way. It was stupid. Yeah. But, you know, you can have that little congested experience. But the prolonged experiences are a lot better. And there's a lot more to be learned. And, and I think a lot of the, the difficulties that would come up with even a 14-day vacation or a 7-day vacation can come up when you're traveling longer term. Just they, they happen in shorter bursts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of this uh, comes down to what you're hoping to get out of your travel. Like... Is, is it is it one of those things where you're almost defaulting to travel because travel sounds luxurious and, you know, you're going to be in some exotic location? I need the Instagram photos, Mikhail. That's the only reason why we travel. If I don't have one with a monkey, one on the beach, and one over here, yeah. I'm not a person. I have no identity. Do you not understand this concept? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 but you, you're joking, but it's like travel uh not to enjoy yourself but to present a lifestyle so that you feel some self-esteem or whatever mm -hmm. some social status that's that is a big thing mm -hmm. um more than ever now right um and so yeah, i i i really think in terms of solving one of the core issues with travel like obviously part of it is planning and finances and all those things that you've said um part of it is just taking a moment to just remind yourself why you're traveling and you know if may, maybe it's it is a good enough reason if you're some kind of influencer and you actually get your income from it and stuff and then yeah travel to that exotic location it's essentially you doing your job but I, again that's that's not what we're talking about so i guess there's no yeah. point even exploring that and well, i mean we can explore it but it, it's it's a unique that's a unique purpose right yeah it's, and it, it's it's not it's not why the average person wants wants to uh, or, or or has the option of even right in, mm -hmm. in their travel in their travel so yeah so why are you traveling is it to get a new perspective is it simply 
to, you know, experience the culture and the food? Is it to, you know, you, you think you're going to have an epiphany on your travels? What, what is it that you're looking for? And then can you do sufficient research and be honest enough with yourself to see whether you can actually get that wherever you're going? Um, or if it's perhaps you're looking at travel in just the wrong way, right? Like, um, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like if you're going for that, then you're probably going to do some more of like an extended backpacking kind of travel, like take a year off between like university and get it looking for a job or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And in that case, it might be, be much more likely versus like that one week hectic kind of trip, um, you're not really immersing yourself in culture. It's very unlikely. You're probably booking a hotel. It's probably removed from the local populace and mm. at least in terms of like a, the middle and working class populace. And, and yeah, you'll try some food, you'll decompress and that's fine. If that's what you go for, I think then that's, that's much easier to hit just decompression and good food. That's very mm -hmm. easy to hit. Um, and a bunch of people travel for that reason. So that, so that, you know, that makes a bunch of sense. The, the greater life altering experience. Um, do you have any experience with that in your travels? I, I, I mean, yes and no. <laughs> I think when it comes to the question of why travel, this is a rabbit hole that I feel most millennials should not go down. Why is that? Because I've met so many people who like, you know, we see the movies, you go on this vacation, you go on, you take this trip and it's not what you wanted to learn, but it's what you needed. It's, it's mm -hmm. so romanticized. It's so played out. It's so, I, and again, one of the things that I do want to talk about later is, is the concept of the authentic traveler. I hate these. I, I think authentic travel. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk, I'll get into that in a bit. Um, okay. but yeah, I, I, it's, it's stuff that, but I think that the whole concept of why travel is like, look, there's obvious things, adventure, new experiences, just the breadth that it will add to your character to see other places. Um, the way, like, there's so many benefits to travel that I don't think that you need some deep spiritual why. And I, and I think that's something that's kind of been almost overplayed with, with us and with millennials with this idea of like, you know, oh, I'm going to travel for this exotic reason. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's truly what you want to do. But I mean, uh, to me, travel is just like, just do it. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but just do it with an open mind. Don't seek to get something from it based on like some expectation. Because uh, you're not like, again, unless you're going for the decompression. If you're going for the decompression, that's easy. You can, you can have that. Mm -hmm. But there's something about that whole concept of why travel that the minute you start to put labels on it, that's the minute that you start to become one of those people who's, who, who almost tries to, not, not tries to force it, but there's a little bit of like, you know, you're going into a novel experience, go for the novelty, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And let what's going to occur, occur, obviously like pick where you want to go, what you want to do, all that stuff. But understand that, you know, you're going there to kind of have a break from tradition, break from whatever you're used to break from your usual day to day life. And just enjoy that as much as it's going to make a difference, and then leave the leave the, the the leave the romantic ideas at home, or leave them in like uh, not leave them at home, but like they're a nice they're a nice to have. But that's not why you want to go. Yeah, I, 
Well, so we, we, we've talked about uh, romanticized travel and the disappointment that, that comes with that. On the flip side, if you are the sort of person that, that can somehow make the most of every event that you experience, to me, personally speaking, that might be slightly annoying, but it... it, it <laughs> no one likes an optimist. Uh, not <laughs> an optimist, but where, where you find profundity under every rock. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but good for those people, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you can be that person, you know, again, it, the, that kind of baseline that I was talking about and you, you also touched upon of your mindset going in and then for me, a big part of the, that mindset is also just knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to find profundity under every rock, so I need to take travel and and be kind of realistic about what i can hope to get out of it mm -hmm. um and then i think your approach just makes the most sense it's almost you'll get the benefit through osmosis just mm -hmm. by being there and talking and immersing yourself you'll get most of the benefits and then it's just about how long you're there and you'll you know in that sense you're just soaking in more and more as you go along until you know, uh, like like we've kind of uh, um, mentioned, for me it was just traveling around my whole life because we were moving from place to place because of my father's work. And you know, a few years in, you stop. It stops being the foreign culture. You're just immersed in culture, and 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 you mm -hmm. you you're almost basically you. That distinction is is completely gone. You just part of that country now or did you feel like there was did you feel like there was less culture shock the more times you guys moved like i mean to be fair you guys did move through mostly like um like certain like you guys were mostly through middle eastern countries so I'll, I'll give a quick overview of my uh travel history and then i'll answer that be able to answer that question a little bit mm -hmm. better so i'm pakistani and i was born there and spent several years there um once we started moving, we lived in Oman, Iran, Egypt, Kenya, Malaysia, Dubai. I studied in Australia, and uh, now I'm here in Canada. And it wasn't the so much culture shock, even with the early moves, because there was still, you know, as as you said, it's um, still Islamic cultures. Mm -hmm which I was familiar enough with. Kenya was the first big one. Um, and especially because Egypt was a place I stayed in longer than uh, any other country at that point outside of Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And so that was very, very unsettling. And um, But <laughs> again, the cliched as it might be was probably the most important because I'd realized that I was in this big bubble in Egypt where like the culture had become very infectious to me and the mannerisms and all that and not all of it was good right some of it was more like kind of um prideful sleazy culture you could say almost but um so I was miserable in Kenya but it also just reset my mentality about like how I viewed things and how mm -hmm. I processed the world um enough of that and you know, it can kind of start doing you damage, but it's 
getting resetting perspective just generally in life i think i find to be important and being just uprooted and moving is a great mm -hmm. way of doing that to yourself mm -hmm. um so yeah that that's it's weird, right? Like, I feel like mine is such a hyper-specific example of being kind of a begrudging or indifferent traveler a lot of the time. Because even when we were moving country and then we did do a more of a leisure trip, I almost never wanted to travel because I was just kind of not seeing sick of it. I just did. I was I was not a curious person back then. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, yeah, it was just the ultimate, like, Philistine travel of, of like, I'd we'd go to you know paris and i'd want to go to the mcdonald's because i <laughs> didn't get that in pakistan you know yeah. what i mean so there was a lot of that there's a lot of just refusing to go to museums or digging my heels in when we were going to you know these beautiful cathedrals in italy and and i just would like almost in a stubborn purposeful way try not to care about what we were seeing or try mm -hmm. to like avoid it so it was i don't know uh <laughs> very very different me right it's it's, it's <clears throat> i mean that yeah. sounds normal though it's almost like that's the teenage experience when i was a teenager it didn't matter what my parents wanted me to do it was always a no mm -hmm. yeah oh do you want to go to this amusement park that you loved as a kid just two years ago no it hate it it sucks it's boring it's stupid it's the worst but can i have some money to go with my friends yeah. like that was, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, so, yeah. so there's a little bit of that too like that just to, just as a fair uh as, as as a fair analogy there there is a but you, you see, it's it's interesting too because I almost feel like, in some ways, the fact that you've been to so many places almost robs—I mean, it's gonna sound bad to say—but almost robs you of one of my personal favorite parts of just being able to travel. Is that when you spend the majority of your year in one country, and I even get this going—I've been to Serbia like fifteen, twenty times now in my life. Probably mm -hmm. I used to go back there all the time. Um, it doesn't matter how many, it doesn't, the, the fact that it's almost like a second, the fact that I've spent a, a, a significant portion of my time there and the fact that I've been there so many times, it doesn't matter. When I touch down there and I exit the airport and I'm like, everything is just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I just have so much appreciation for it. I'm like, the road signs are a little weird. I can read some stuff, some stuff I can't read. You know, like, it's just like the streets are strange. That this is like, everything is just, it's the same it's the exact same stuff you have here, just done a little bit differently, right. you know? And there's something about that's like, like one of the things that I, I still think about, like, I don't know how I get pleasure from this or enjoyment from this, but one of my, one of my like favorite, but also creepy parts of Serbia is that um, a lot of the in, in, uh, architecture there is like old school, like communist mm -hmm. kind of buildings. Yeah. And when they were building a lot of these buildings, there was, it was very industrial, it was very old school. A lot of the elevators there are like terrifying, <laughs> but I love them. Yeah. You get in this teeny tiny little box. It's like ridiculously small. The lighting is drab. The doors are iron. And like, you know how here, so an elevator in, in, in the Western part of the world actually has double doors. There's a door on the outside that you see when you're waiting for the elevator and a door on the inside and they close together. And you can, if you yeah. ever look at an elevator, you can see because the door on the inside closes that you're in a box closed off and the door on the outside closes that people can't get into the, the, the elevator chute. Right. In Serbia, a lot of these elevators, they'll have the outside door that's legit, 
but the inside door is like these two little flaps. It's like, you know, like when you see those Western movies and you see yeah, the yeah, entering enter, the saloon. Enter, yeah. yeah, they have these two little flaps in there. And I remember going in and like, there's something about those two little flaps. We, we're so, everything is so safe and perfect in North America that when I go there and I'm like, if I wanted to, I could reach my hand out through the flaps, get it stuck on something and just lose my hand completely. Mm-hmm. Like it'll just get ripped off on the elevator. I'm, I'm like, I could die. But there's something about knowing that it's like, I'm in a country where, yeah, that's, <laughs> hey, if you're stupid enough to do it, you do it. I don't know what to tell you, right? It's like, there's something about that that's wildly entertaining. And I have no clue why. These claustrophobic, scary little elevators, and I get a sense of pleasure just from seeing that, like, this is how different it could be. There's something, and it's yeah. that novelty. It's just completely seeing the world through a different lens, even though it's the exact same things. Yeah, I've had those moments. I, I remember very, very distinctly. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last time I went to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at this point, I was... I Yeah, I must have been pretty much an, an adult. Much more westernized, much more kind of change in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was after I graduated, so... Um, yeah, I was just in a very different place in life than what I'd been before. Mm-hmm. Much more kind of removed from from any kind of like Islamic, Middle Eastern, Pakistani culture. And um, just uh, very natural, right? In that point, in, the, in that period in your life, you normally go through a fair bit of change in your thinking. You've just spent some time in university and that also fosters and engenders new ideas and all this stuff. And I was only in Pakistan for a day because it was literally just like a, I had to just stop in there, I think, renew my visa or something or passport and and, and leave. Mm -hmm. And I just went from this place being my home to, and it it wasn't this drastic, but it kind Mm of finally hit home of, this is just a foreign chaotic place. It, It felt suddenly kind of horrifying. And again, this is also... Karachi, if I went to Islamabad, it would have been very different. That's much more beautiful and ordered. But I just saw these roads of, you know, cars going in 10 different directions with no traffic lights, just all of them racing as if trying to kill each other, but somehow it's kind of keeping itself functioning. And you've got like no separation of industry and agriculture as you see pens with farm animals on the side of the street and cattle there mm-hmm. and um you know you you see firearms just much more you know it's not like they're being brandished but you see a lot of security guards with firearms in in, in a posture that seems like they're much more you're talking like big firearms, vigilant like, like ak-47 looking things and just yeah but and this also just says the look of vigilance where you know, you can see somebody maybe have with a firearm here, but you don't feel like it's ever going to be used mm-hmm. um, versus there. There's this level of vigilance that makes you think like, okay, <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there, there, there's a dormant level of danger here that is quite concerning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all of that put together and suddenly I was just like, oh God, like I'm so removed from this now. Um, I don't feel that sense of home anymore. And I... This just feels kind of chaotic and, and, and far removed from, you know, my experience with the world now. Um, 
and it's, it's on so many levels like even before that i remember whenever we used to take a trip up the up the mountain um i'd always be so so appalled that it was this narrow narrow road which could maybe handle one and a half vehicles mm-hmm. but, but it wasn't a one way a two way yeah <laughs> and and you were just and it was constantly going round and round so you could never see what was up ahead mm-hmm. and there was no you know guard railing on the side to keep you it was just you know you just fall right off and you know i used to wonder cuz in places like these they often don't have any statistics how many uh truckers because this is one of their main paths is uh trucking paths is, is or routes is to go through the mountainous region of Pakistan mm-hmm. and i was just wonder how many of them die here just going off the edge or something and maybe it doesn't happen but it's just one of those things where i always felt like in the western world is there's, there's this level of of containment of dangerous possibilities that is completely foreign mm-hmm. in the less developed world where it's just you you go through life with a certain level of danger that's completely accepted and normalized and you know people aren't scared going up the mountain it's a fun thing it's an mm-hmm. awesome thing um and but we westerners poop our pants doing it like oh my god we're going to die <laughs> uh, again maybe i i just i'm that sort of thinker because it's not like my family was feeling that way or anything mm-hmm. um not that they're westerners but you know what i mean yeah um but uh it's just sometimes you can't unsee something you can't like change your thinking and and, yeah. and as soon as that locks in of fun trip up the mountain is now fun trip with the possibility of death. yeah of, of of death also in the way i just don't want it like falling and see, <laughs> seeing it seeing it coming yeah, like, but, come on, give, give me a better way to go out yeah let me go fast that way. yeah <laughs> but yeah so travel and and living places gives you so many cool moments that will stick with you even if they're kind of also horrific in the moment i think that's also part of travel part of travel is embracing the suck right mm-hmm. it's embracing um being uncomfortable and maybe not being able to live how you're accustomed to yeah. but then after the fact it's like this is ter- it, it, the, you know an an easy way to to understand it for maybe people who travel less or haven't traveled is even something as small as like going out into nature or going camping or something um and you're not necessarily comfortable and you don't have mm-hmm. the same luxuries you have at home and you might not even enjoy it at the time but perhaps you're with your family and your friends and you get through together and then you have a story to talk about and that story is so much more powerful than having a good time while it's happening mm-hmm. cuz and and the bond is also stronger as a result so so many of my stories are times that were crazy right like one time in sri lanka in a safari we got chased by elephants <laughs> we were terrified and i thought i was going to die but that's like that's an experience that will never leave me and it's like you know terrifying possibly you know you know uh, a moment where i could have died but also now such a cool thing to say like i literally got chased by a pack of elephants yeah now it's an exhilarating memory and, you're like um, that was cool same th- and speaking of mountains in pakistan one time we went up and suddenly we were just caught in like a blizzard and couldn't come back down 
Um, Damn, so you have to like stay the night? Yeah, to stay the night, but like my uncle w was in the Air Force, so he had some connections and mm -hmm. like it, we made it work. So we stayed at some people's house and again, it wasn't comfortable, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. You know, we caught up, got ca caught in this snowstorm and actually at one point um, the two back wheels of whatever, I, I don't know if what we were in, but the two back wheels of the vehicle that we were in went off the end of the road like off the, and it wasn't like a straight fall like thousand feet down but it still would have killed us whatever mm -hmm. the fall was yeah <laughs> and there was Wait, just how did the back two wheels go off you guys you guys were like skidded out of a turn or i don't remember exactly what happened but i think that there was some level of us sliding because it was oh and, my god um but i'm not 100 percent <clears throat> sure but mm -hmm. whatever happened because it was so so tight and congested and we were all trying to get back down mm -hmm. and it was just steadily getting colder and snowier and all this stuff and then once the, our two wheels went off the end we we're just all sitting together and 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 my uncle just said you know don't move don't get and <laughs> oh, no. and the you know the funny thing the instinct is like let's just all jump out of the car because mm -hmm. we could literally you know die yeah and he said no no nobody move nobody get out of the car just stay exactly where you are and yeah. stay steady um, and, but again, this is also one of the cool things you're going to find in, in places that have, uh, you know, dealt with much more adversity in terms of their history and their culture and their everyday life. People mm -hmm. are, can be so hospitable and so helpful in a way that people can be sometimes a bit standoffish and cold, uh, in the Western world. Yeah. So a bunch of people like ran up to us and started pushing our truck together and got us out. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, that, that sense of just um helping your fellow man through tough uh tough things is is much more kind of ingrained there and that's hosp hospitality of you know um even a person who's making no money will still want to invite you in and you know, give you mm -hmm. some food or something like that um but yeah so i guess we've i've got up we've both got off on on, on this was a on, good tangent though this on one was actually a but... proper tangent for once <laughs> yeah because <laughs> again it i i think uh these are illustrating um, the so, sort of life experiences that you can get that that stick with you and why they're valuable. I didn't yeah. I didn't go expecting to be chased by elephants. I didn't go mm -hmm. expecting to get caught in this this snowstorm. But it it was now memories that I'll have for the rest of my life. And just just in and of itself, that is also important. Having powerful, impactful memories of where you were, how you felt, who you were with, how you navigated that together, it does lead to some kind of growth of, of just, and again, helps you then get that perspective because you can be complaining that you're in traffic commuting, you know, when you can be listening to a podcast or an audiobook and it's not really that long. And then, then you, you can think back and say, remember when I was in a car and it, I was on a mountain and it could have fallen and mm -hmm. you yeah, know, this is couldn't a go back problem home. to that. Yeah. So it's all these things come together. It, a lot, a lot of things in life are what you make of them and how you utilize them too. Right. So you could have had this experience and then it could have fallen from your head because it's like, okay, yeah, cool thing. And, um, you know, I, I don't think so. I don't think it can fall out of your head because those are the memorable moments. Something's going to be like, someone's going to say something about a time they almost died. You'd be like, yo, you know a time that I almost died? <laughs> it was when yeah, your car almost fell off a hill. Yeah, let me amend that. Not right, fall out of your head in that it'll stop being a impactful memory, but it can fall out in terms of 
the utility you get from it because it can just mm -hmm. be like that was cool what yeah. else whereas it can be like like we said a a, a a lens through which you can get perspective a way to kind of also remember how you know lucky we are in certain ways to have these, yeah. these safeguards and these these, these um i think that's a huge part right there yeah uh, not not even just necessarily in the safeguards but you mentioned something before about like this is this is a funny one because when i hear other people complaining while traveling especially in certain places i get so upset but then if i'm completely honest i catch myself doing these <laughs> same things it's like of course i hate them for doing it because i do it too but something you said before that is like dealing with different you know dealing with different minor problems and realizing um you use another term for it but it just it, it reminded me of this one really visceral memory that i have when i was traveling in thailand where i met these two guys they were twins they were from la really cool dudes i was uh, uh, we met we got off at um we were on the same plane i forget where i was going i, I was going to the islands so i think i took a plane from Chiang Mai down to Surat Thani, and then from there you can catch uh, uh, a boat out to wherever we we're going. I forget where I was going. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, for some reason we were in the airport, and then from the airport we had a long bus ride into the city. And I met them in the airport, and we were hanging out there, and they were really cool dudes, and you know, just you know, talking about traveling this and that. And uh, I got the feeling that they were kind of like more of the rich travelers, because they were talking about like, I was talking about hostels, and they are talking about hotels, and it's like, okay, whatever, but right. no big deal. But I remember we get on the bus and one of them's like, oh, where's the air conditioning? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, this bus probably doesn't have it. Thinking like, yeah, you know, it doesn't have it. Yeah. And oh man, the scene these two dudes made, it was like, <laughs> I regretted being their friend because people saw me with them. And now I'm like, I want to distance myself from these guys who are complaining that a bus in Thailand doesn't have AC. It's like, of course it doesn't have AC. Mm -hmm. Half the buses here don't have AC. You know what I mean? Half the stuff here does like you're not coming here. Like and the worst part is is like it's the middle of February. Would you rather be back home? I guess LA is not that cold in February, but for me it's like okay, I would rather be sweating in a bus than like in Canada, you know, freezing my butt my butt off. So it's just it's these little things, right? It's like it's like remembering that when you're traveling, yeah, things are going to be tough. You're going to what you said was enjoy the suck. Enjoy the suck because there's parts of travel that absolutely do suck. There's parts that are annoying. You're going to get sick when you travel, especially if you go for an extended period. You're guaranteed going to get sick. Like yeah. <laughs> every time I went to Thailand, about two to three weeks in, you have your leaky butthole syndrome. And you just, <laughs> you just, you know, you have to live next to the toilet for a day or two. And it always, it always strikes at the worst times. The first time I got it, I was on a moped ride. From a, a, a remote mountain village, it was a it was a three and a half hour moped ride from Pai back to Chiang Mai. And I just remember about halfway back, I realized like I woke up that morning not feeling great, and then halfway back off the thing, I'm like, oh my god! And I was I was riding with these two German guys, and I was in the back, so I had to like come up to the front and tell them like, yo, we need to pull over the next like toilet we see because I am going to die. So we pull over to the toilet. And I go, and it was like, oh, I was in the middle of the mountains and it was like this beautiful scenic, it like, they had these like really cool places where it's like, it almost looks like, like, um, here in Canada, if you saw a place like that, you think that it was like an Ikea selling like really cool outdoor furniture, but really it's just mm -hmm. like, they just, they, they're like these little places that have collected all this outdoor furniture and there's like a little restaurant and things and just for tourists to check it out. But I remember their toilets were just like, 
it was like a cement, it was like a little cement box with a hole in it and the hole is full of bugs and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and it's just like the worst, it's the worst place to have like, you know, cause you're not having a decent, you're not, you're not having a good go. You're having the kind of go where everything shoots out of you painfully and like you need like a whole roll of toilet paper, which I was so, I was so lucky. One of the things that I was, <laughs> the two rules of Thailand that an Englishman told me that I'll never forget. He said, rule number one, always have a roll of toilet paper on you. And rule number two, never trust the fart. <laughs> and you know what? The rule number one really served me well because I had a, I had a roll of toilet paper in my moped. The place that I went to had like three sheets of, of, of like, rough coarse paper like thin rough coarse paper and that was it in the stall so yeah thank god i got out of there but it's just like then we go back and again i we have to stop off like like we i did not make it out of the mountains without going at least three or four times and every time we try and pick up the pace to get back faster and every time the minute we picked up the pace i'd like have to come to the front again and be like yo guys you need to pull over again so that sucked that was not a fun experience but it's a funny experience in hindsight and they're like it's just it, it, it's it's understanding that yeah you're gonna travel these things are gonna suck and that's a funny one but there was times when i was sick also while traveling yeah that really made me nervous that really made me sweat that really made me think oh my god am i gonna be okay like can i trust the medical system or can is there you know whatever all this stuff it those are those are gut checks you're gonna get gut checks traveling and i think in some ways one of the reasons why we like to travel is because in modern Western society, a lot of us don't get enough gut checks right. in a weird way. Yeah. It's too easy. It's too safe. And and you see it. Like those guys that I, that I met, they were so used to a perfect existence that when they were on a bus, it wasn't even that long. I think it was like a 30 to 45 minute bus ride. And the, the lack of AC was absolutely unacceptable. And they spent the whole ride complaining about it. Well, so in that case, it's less embrace the suck and more just uh, a just go with it mentality. Mm -hmm. And then... Because that doesn't have to suck at all. That's not even a real issue. It, you know, you're going to sweat a bit. Okay. The, the, uh, uh. Well, for some people, that's unacceptable, Mikhail. I can't have butt sweat. You know? Fair enough. <laughs> but. <laughs> hey, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what I mean to say is, I, I do think you should be able to just distinguish those two things in your head. Mm -hmm. Because. <laughs> If you think not having AC for 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 in, in a bus is embracing the suck, then that's 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 not that's not a story. That's not something you're gonna needs to stay with you. That's just you need a change in perspective and mindset, right? That that's yeah. much more of just a okay minor inconvenience. Let it go. I think but, that's really important yeah. too, of of also letting the little things go and just moving along and just accepting the differences in in in. in in culture, in cuisine, in lifestyle, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The embrace the suck is much more what you talked about in terms of ha having to splatter a hole, a <laughs> hole in the ground and, and, <laughs> and your struggles there, right? So, oh, and, and yeah, and, and that is much more memorable after the fact and much more of a fun story, right? It's, that's, that's the other thing. A lot of the funniest stuff is not funny in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite painful in the And moment. a lot of funny stuff in the moment after the fact is just kind of a bland story of like, yeah, we, it was so fun. We danced around and it, it but like, no, that was just funny for you in the moment. Mm -hmm. There's no real lasting impact of that good time. So obviously you still want those good times, but it's, you want to find a nice healthy balance of, of those gut checks you mentioned and, and then just enjoying yourself genuinely um 
Do you think life, life, uh, do you think travel should always be life changing? It's, it's, it's where you place the dial on what, what constitutes life changing. So, uh, so in the way that I think most people mean it, no, no, uh, I'm perfectly happy if to, number one, I'm perfectly happy for this, a decompressed trip without absorbing almost anything, <laughs> right? I'm fine with that too. Uh, but two, um, you can even have like a, a, a trip that you go to see some stuff, but it's some, some, I'm sorry, but some places don't have a ton to offer, right? You're, you are going to sometimes go to a place that is similar enough to what you know, or just, mm-hmm. just doesn't like necessarily, uh, uh, wow you in any way. It's all like fine, cool, good. And that's not life changing. It still might be worthwhile. It still gives you a sense of uh, greater understanding about the world and 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 how it functions. And that should also be enough. If if every trip has to be a home run, then again you're gonna run into disappointment uh, eventually, probably sooner than later. Um, and that's you know that's not the the way to go. Just stepping back for a second in terms of the whole gut check and perspective stuff. One other interesting uh, story I uh, I have is is it's not even a story. It's just kind of circumstance, but I find it amusing after the fact. Is there was this um, period of time where I was living in Kenya. Um, I had uh, my family and I had traveled to Pakistan, and in the space of whatever a few days of each other there was like this election crisis in Kenya because it was a disputed election and it led to various factions and supporters uh, clashing and killing each other. And then in Pakistan, um, Bhutto was assassinated when she was set to become the next PM. Mm -hmm. And that led to chaos in the streets there. So literally there was travel warnings (laughs) regarding both countries. uh, you know, they, literally, there's some pe- people who are running around with machetes killing each other in Kenya mm-hmm. because of the election results. And in Pakistan, again, people were just losing their minds on the street because, again, there was another political assassination. Again, there was a political leader that they had, um, a lot of people had belief in, and they think because of some kind of corruption or plot, they, you know, they, they once again, their, their kind of political will had been undermined. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were actually out in the streets when the news first broke about Boto, but we luckily, somebody just on the street um, was kind enough to warn us because he'd got the information early and he just said, this has happened. Mm -hmm. And we were all just like, we have to get home, we have to get home. And it was literally clutch, get home, because chaos is going to break and we won't be able to get home, literally. Mm -hmm. So we're just stuck in, in that house in Pakistan where we can't even, we can't leave the house because there's chaos in the streets there. We can't fly back to Kenya because there's chaos in the streets there. So it was just, wow. it just goes, again, in no way was, were we in danger or anything, mm-hmm. not, 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 nothing at all like that. But it's just in terms of that circumstance, it just, you know, goes to show like what, how different things can be from our, you know, sedate and comfortable living here. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, I think, I think in some ways, 
people this year have been seeing a lot more. The last two years, because mm -hmm. of the pandemic, people have been seeing a lot more yeah. stuff happen in the streets, um, you know, than ever before in the West, or at least than in the last, I don't know, like in the least last 20 years. I think the last 20 years were very tame in terms of, you know, protests and crazy stuff happening. Or if um, the crazy stuff was happening, it was much more subtle and in maybe some ways it was more pernicious but less far less pronounced right mm -hmm. it wasn't you know it might be your data is suddenly you've lost your privacy or you've mm -hmm. lost you know or you've lost some rights that you didn't know you had yeah but it wasn't that your well, it was never out friend is getting like cut down or something yeah right? it, was, so, it was never full-blown chaos it was never full-blown violence in the streets or anything like that and yeah there's definitely something to be said about uh what really goes on in some of these places where you know political instability is a reality and 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 yeah and and, and in some ways that's funny because it's like that's this gonna sound terrible but you do travel to see places where or at least i think you should want to travel to see places where politically things are different For i don't sure. I, I don't want to get too much into politics but i do feel like we in the west are so lucky and a lot of us don't realize how lucky we are mm -hmm. because we've never been to a country where corruption is the norm. Like, don't get me wrong, the West, I, I think there's an argument to be made that the West is pretty corrupt these days. Uh, <laughs> I think there's definitely a lot of corruption just flying in the face of people. But again, to go back to Thailand, um, just like average everyday corruption, look, in, in Thailand, it's illegal to drive a moped without an international license. Mm. But everybody does it because it's just a little fine. The police find you, they find you, and they let you off you know right um and it's a little and like it's like to the point where you can negotiate the fine like this is yeah, like yeah. i've i've literally seen people haggle with cops about how much thai bot they give them for the fine and and you know this is this is that level of like you know to us it's like what no you, you if if you get caught with the fine you pay the fine and it's it's very we have a very rigid legal system where you know if a cop ever you know pulled you over and said all right you know what you were driving illegally, but uh, let's make it 80 bucks. Give me 80 bucks and we're cool. And you're like, I'll give you six. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll take six. Like, yeah. that's outright corruption. That's something that's messed up. Here that's considered, you know, huge, widely inappropriate, hugely inappropriate. Just a disgusting behavior. Not Maybe not a disgusting behavior, but you know what I mean? Like, a terrible behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And then you go to other countries and it's like, that's kind of the norm. Again, one of my, oh man, one of my favorite stories from Thailand was this one time... I was literally, it was my last day with this moped before I was leaving, I was leaving the city to go to a beach and then back home to Toronto. And it was my la I was literally on my way to return the moped with my big ass backpack on my back. I was just about to get a taxi to the airport. I just need to get this, this moped home to, to the, to the rental place. And a cop pulls me over and I'm like, man, I, I paid these guys just last week, <laughs> like 500 bucks. It wasn't a lot, but I was on a really tight budget at that point because I ran through my money. Whenever I got to the end of a trip, I That's part of the negotiation, right? You're like, this is all I can like, give yeah. you right now. Yeah. But my favorite part of this, this guy pulls me over. And over in Thailand, they wear masks. Like pre-pandemic, they would just wear masks because mm -hmm. the pollution mm -hmm. was bad. And I don't know. It was just a cultural thing. They wear masks. And I'll never forget this. He pulls me over. He looks at me. This guy pulls down his mask, has a big grin on his face. And he's like... I remember you. You gave me money last week. Yeah. Pulls up his mask and just waves me off. And I'm like, you know, you're like, you're yeah. even a good guy about it. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, not only is this like hella corrupt, but like, you're such a good dude. You're like, ah, I remember you. You gave me money last week. Just go on. And it just, I mean, it, it just goes to show you there's, there's a dark side and a light side to this. And yeah, 
I mean, obviously you could just go get an international, but I mean, I don't, I don't have my M1 here. I, I don't have a motorcycle license here. That's hard to get. I'd rather just go over there and pay the fine than do my motorcycle course. Um, but like, you know, that's, that's a funny light example, but then there's, there's really hardcore examples of like seeing what, you oh, know, yeah, for sure. In Kenya, it was pretty bad. I remember, um, before we actually moved over there, we just did like a few day trip. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the way back to the airport, um, on the way back to Egypt, I think uh, because we weren't wearing seat belts in the back, a cop mm. stopped us over and uh, pulled us over and um, said he was going to take us to jail. And he, and again, they don't say it. it you know what? what that, that kind of playful thing in Thailand that you're mm. you're describing, mm. that wasn't it. It's much more. You have to be delicate about it. Mm-hmm. At least that's the impression I got because I have to do it also <laughs> down mm-hmm. the line in Kenya. Uh, it's, it's, they just, they, they, they say they're going to do the worst thing possible f- to you, which is jail basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's up to you to say, Hey, what can I do? What can we do about this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. How do we make this right? Please. It's, and, and then it's, 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 you don't haggle about it. It's a reverse. They're in the position of powers. They're basically saying, make it worth our while that so that we mm-hmm. you know you yeah don't face this uh and it sounds like it's a much more terse situ- or tense situation where it's like things are it, it does it's not especially happy. in that situation i think my dad felt really like terrible one because uh we you know we could have missed our flight and stuff but like mm-hmm. two if it's just you it's still a little bit different but if it's you and your family you're just like, oh God, like... Yeah, and they probably you know, know they have the leverage on you way harder yeah. than your family man versus if it's just some, you know, single male driving. Yeah. I I, I also, down the line, had to uh, bribe a... Not even a cop, I think he was like a security guard um, for nothing that I even <laughs> did. I, I, I was in this, a... Um, I don't know what to call it, like, mall... Not even a club area, but like this kind of central family share area with a bunch of shopping and maybe arcades and movies. Just a, one mm-hmm. of those kind of places. Uh, and I can't remember if my friends were just smoking cigarettes or maybe it was marijuana. I, I, don't, I don't even recall it. But mm-hmm. the point is I wasn't participating. Well, if you don't remember, it's probably weed. Exactly. No, I was, it was, <laughs> I was on something much, much stronger. No, but... Um, the point is that, like, um, they shouldn't have been doing it in mm-hmm. that area, but it wasn't necessarily a big deal if they were just smoking. I think that might have just been it anyway. Um, and, yeah, so my mindset, because the immediate, immediately as the security guard kind of came towards us, they all ran, and then I think me and one other friend didn't bother. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of the mentality of just, like, we Why didn't do run it. Why we're like, running, yeah. yeah. But um, my friend, I think, was all smart enough to just be like, oh, look, I have no money. Maybe he actually didn't, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure he was just, he knew what to do. Mm-hmm. He was just like, you know, what can I do? I don't have any money and stuff. And it was the same thing of like, well, I'm going to take you guys to jail. So I was like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, the whole, the whole same thing of just like, what can I do? What can I do mm-hmm. for you? Like, how can I make this kind of right? And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, 
my my friend after the fact said I messed up and I paid far too much, but you know, better <laughs> safe always, yeah. than <laughs> better safe than sorry. There, that's always the funny one where they're like, "You paid how much for the fine?" No, 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 no. You don't give them more. And you know, I the same thing in Thailand when somebody would hear how much they got for for the speed change. Like, no, no, no. You never give them more than this much. They'll right. never take more than it. But I mean, again, like that is a great example of the kind of stuff that you can see elsewhere in the world. And I think some people are going to take this as like a judgy thing, like, oh, you're judging the rest of the world. And like, mm. and I, I just want to make it clear to people that it's like, this isn't a judgment on how other countries do this stuff. It's more so an understanding that, or at least to me, it's like, it's not about judging the ways that other countries, you know, handle low level corruption. Really? What is that? That's low level corruption. Yeah. Um, it's more so an understanding of like that stuff exists and if you have only ever lived in western society you've only ever experienced a very 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 principled and orderly way of living that i think a lot of people forget and a lot of people don't realize and i think again i just think this is a huge thing for a lot of westerners to understand i think that's why travel is so important i also think that's why uh, manicured travel is dangerous. Not dangerous, uh, actually, but more so not, uh, dangerous is not the right word, but... Uh, it can warp your understanding. Yes, yeah. big time, because you see certain places where, um, you know, you go and it's like you never left the West. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I've heard Mexico is like... I haven't actually been to Mexico, but I've heard, like, Mexico, the all-inclusive scene... They do a very, they do a very, like, uh, they do a very strong job to try and, like, make it look very much like, you know, yeah. like a Western city or like a Miami, a cheaper version of Miami Yeah, you're basically in the U.S. with, 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 uh, with other foreigners. Yeah, right. and, and, and everything's cheaper. And that's fine, but, it, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with going there. Go there to party. I, I'm dying to go to freaking Puerto Vallarta and some of these other places to check it out. Yeah. But there is a certain level of, of of uh, really, I think, uh, what's the word? Humility that you'll get from in interacting with the bureaucracies of other countries, from seeing other countries manage things, from, from talking to other people and realizing what things we hold as like fervent rights. That like, because there's certain things, and I mean, we all kind of know it. There, there's things that we expect to be respected here in the West. Mm-hmm. Then elsewhere, you know, they, they don't really care. But no, no, no. You know, like, um, I mean, even like, like again, like in certain under for certain crimes here in the West, we'd expect, oh, I want due process, I want a trial, I want this, I want people to prove it. If you're in uh, some of these countries and you're caught with contraband, you're going straight to jail. They don't care. They might not even try you properly. They're like, oh yeah, we caught him with with contraband. We caught this person with weed. It doesn't matter. They they like you know what I mean. Oh they yeah, no. Not- with with in Malaysia, it uh, with 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 marijuana specifically. Um, death by firing squad really i think i think so i know it was death i, may, I might be wrong about firing squad but it, that there's a death Man. penalty there <laughs> that reminds me of a terrible story that one uh, one traveler told me she was uh she was flying through singapore and apparently she had like two or three tabs of acid in her wallet oh no and she told me that in singapore when you land uh, the airplanes, like they go, like you know, like you land and airplanes usually tell you, like, welcome to the country. The time is this. Yeah, Apparently yeah, yeah. in Singapore, there's like a recording that talks about how like um, anyone found with drugs will be like fully prosecuted, will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, and its penalties of lifetimes in jail, and I think even and death, death for death something. Death in Singapore too. Yeah, yeah, for death. And I just remember like 
her telling me this and I was just like, so is that when you pop the, the acid or did you wait till after? Cause like I would, if that was me, I just would have yeah. taken them all three right there. Forget it. But, uh, but yeah, like it's weird. Like these places, they're more serious about this stuff. And then, I mean, you look at what happened in the Philippines with, um, Duarte, how do you Duarte. say it? Duarte. Yeah. He literally publicly said to, to curb the drug industry, he would, allow for people he would he basically allow for police officers to extrajudicial yeah justice yeah, exactly yeah and i uh, forget police officers he was just encouraging citizens to basically be vigilantes in some mm-hmm. perverse way and and kill their fellow man if they were caught doing like dealing drugs or doing drugs and stuff like that so it, it was you not even dealing drugs it's just like <laughs> any any kind of <laughs> If she had any kind of thing to do with drugs, whether taking it, dealing it, whatever. Advocating for it. Yeah, just, making funny just, YouTube videos with it. Any kind it. of vicinity of <laughs> you and bro- yeah. yeah, it's 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 yeah. over. Yeah. So. And I mean, but that that stuff's real, right? That's the reality. And and as much as you want to travel to see the beautiful parts of the world, because there is so much beauty in it, I also think that you know there's some there's there's a lot of ugly in the world too, and I think it's very important for people to see the ugly so that when they come back home they have that sense of gratitude for what we have here. Yeah, and, 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 and just, it doesn't have to be an either-or proposition. It can be, um, I appreciate the rights I have, the safety I have, and all, all that stuff, while still acknowledging all the pimples and warts and bumps and bruises that, you know, culture and democracy and institutions have here and want them to be better and be critical yeah, of them. Yeah, 100%. It, yeah. It, it's, it's, I think they, people can lose the plot and get unmoored from reality and a proper global perspective when it's just the latter without any recognition of the former. That's when you can run into just having a, a warped view of the world. Um, and I, I, I do as it's just a small side point just to lay down this marker is that we're kind of also talking from a male traveling perspective it is different That's if you're true. a woman i can, oh, very I can different. tell you that all a lot of these places that danger that that dial on danger ramps up double triple fold if, if you're if you're a, a lady so especially traveling alone oh, solo man, female yeah. travelers that's there's a lot of countries where that that's not like it's just not res- as respected as as in the West. Yeah, and that's that's a big issue. That's a big problem. Yeah, if 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 you're, you know, a female who's going to travel to potentially, uh, and especially in terms of what we're talking about, like real street level hostel kind of travel, mm-hmm. um, you should, you know do your proper research, go to Reddit and ask like other women and stuff what their experience was like because you do need to be cognizant of that. And it's not always like life, your your life and body is in danger. But, mm-hmm. you know, just in, in Egypt, for example, um, there's that famous shopping area, Khan al-Khalili. Every time my mom went there, she just said like, you know, she had to completely cover herself up and she'd still get comments constantly of whistling mm-hmm. and just this general uncomfortable kind of greasy behavior. <laughs> and when my um, female cousin came to visit us and had no sense of any of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was bad. She, she got 
even multiple marriage proposals in, in, in that trip. And, and, and it was just, it was bizarre. Um, the way that you said that part just sounds terrible. I'm just imagining her walking down the street and some guys with like flowers and rings are like, hey, hey, Habibi, Habibi, <laughs> marry me. But I'm guessing it was a lot worse than that. It was, it was probably harassment or borderline harassment, right? Like, or maybe not. They, maybe I'm, I'm right. And these guys were... I know, like the harassment was much more, you know, street leveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, the proposals, I, I wonder, because again, I didn't really get into it, right? I was, mm-hmm. I was younger and I didn't really question it, but I wonder if there's an element of, um, you know, if, if you're maybe a middle-class Egyptian and you see somebody who's clearly a foreigner, you can almost see it as a way of changing your life. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't want to necessarily be judgmental on that level, whether if it's just like a kind of you know, taking your shot at the lottery almost. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I can marry an American kind of thing. Um, anyway, that, 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 that part is neither here nor there. That was just an addition, which is just crazy that she got proposals to. On the street. Yeah, because again, if you don't dress, if you dress a certain way here, who cares? If mm-hmm. you dress a certain way there, uh, you're just going to get more harassment. Yeah. That's just it, right? Um, and And it's very, very much culturally back right like even if something happens to you you know um th- there there's going to be an element of what you know why were you dressed that way it was mm-hmm. provocative and stuff so yeah you you need to be able to kind of have you need to be cognizant of that fact and, and then like you know you don't have to dress accordingly but if you if you want to dress however you want to dress then be prepared for what comes with that in mm-hmm. certain parts of the world and it's it's seems really really awful so <laughs> i would you know, recommend against it <laughs> but, be aware yeah yeah that, that i again that's not something me to talk about any more than that but just i thought that is worth mentioning that it's mm-hmm. some of that stuff of like that gut check and stuff i agree but within reason and, and remember yeah you're, you're, you're keep in you mind know, yeah. yeah keep in mind that you, you it's your responsibility to stay safe in these places you know like if if you know you need to travel with a with a with a a good head on your shoulders and i think i think that's also something about travel is like you know if you like maybe don't go to the most dangerous sketchy places off the bat maybe start off with somewhere if you're traveling solo right because i think most of my most of my traveling has been done solo if you're traveling solo start with places that you know are kind of more safe and more a lot like lenient and then move to places if, if you want to go to see the most like you know some of the more exotic places right yeah some places that i like there's places that i would love to visit that i know are generally less orderly you know there's places where you're you're more likely to to to, to see something and to be involved like you know what i mean like just place where there's For more sure. criminal activity places where there's more less stability yeah places where you being a foreigner like i'm gonna stick out i'm, I'm a white dude right so if i go to like one place that i'd love to go to is iran i would love to go visit iran just because mm-hmm. i love the food i know a little bit of the language i think the culture is super cool i just i would love to go check it out yeah but uh and, I, and I, again, I think Iran, like I've seen some people, like I have a lot of Iranian friends, I've seen them go there, that the mountains look beautiful, the yeah, mosques look beautiful. It's a stunning There's, so, there's, there's yeah. so much there. But I also know that going there, you know, white guy, going there, clearly westernized, clearly like, I think I think if I went there, I'd put on the heaviest Russian accent I could, so that at least <laughs> they think I'm a little bit less rich, right? Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, you are in some places a target for the, for, for certain scams and, 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 you know, other kind of, bad things and just you got to be aware of that you got to have a but i also think the reason why i'd be more comfortable in iran is because i spent 
you know, 48 hours in Bangkok on tourist on the tourist trips. And once you spend 48 hours in Bangkok on the tourist trips, you've been hit with like 16 different scams in an afternoon. So you're kind of yeah. you kind of okay, this is this guy's angle, this is this guy's angle like it's you get a <laughs> you build up a little bit of an understanding of people and seeing their intentions and seeing through certain things. So yeah, I, I definitely feel like certain trips, uh, certain places are really, really enhanced by having your local person there, whether it's like a family friend mm-hmm. or just a bud or, or you try to make a friend there, whatever it is. But that greatly enhances the experience and it kind of pro- provides a buffer against those um, more you know, un- unpleasant uh, possibilities that can arise, like mm-hmm. you said, scams or whatever else. Yeah. But okay, I, I feel like we've touched on most of what we want to talk about. Um, I think my final uh, point of consideration is, uh, is there something wrong that so many people feel like they have to just escape their lives? Because a lot for, I feel like the decompression stuff is a little bit more upper middle class than like very wealthy people. And then, there's a lot of people who it's almost just like a momentarily getting away from from this hell job or this hell life or whatever Mm. they just need that's and 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 then those vacations are i think often maybe not you know going across the globe it's much more you know from the u.s you go down to where mexico or something which is affordable and you're just like I guess that is a decompression trip, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's got an air of despair <laughs> alongside it. And uh, I'm not sure why I have this po- as a point, because there's no, there's nothing to say except that, that that's a point that came to mind of that. That's uh, there's something that, to be said for that, man. Uh, I think a lot of people do look at travel as an escape. Um, I mean, I, I met people while traveling who said that they were going to go away for a month and it's year three <laughs> you know <laughs> i met i met one girl such an unfortunate case that that broke my heart she was uh she was a u.s citizen who was evading mass amounts of student debt mm. and she was like she told me that the saddest part was that they were trying to go after her grandmother for her debt oh, and God. so and so to protect her grandmother she had to keep her um she had to keep her uh, communications with her grandmother to a minimum mm. so that her grandmother could play the... Because the, 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 for some reason, I, I think, I don't know, I think it was the state that she was in, there was like a legal precedent where if the grandmother disowned her and said that she didn't oh. have nothing to do with her and nothing like that, yeah. then the, the, the government would not be able to come after her grandmother for the debt. I see. And so like you hear these heartbreaking stories of like someone escaping their lives and it's like, and her and her grandmother were super close. Mm-hmm, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? So it's like, but she had to find ways to not call directly to to do yeah. those stuff. So it's like, I mean, and, and again, she was a person who went there for a month, and then she, I met her on a border run. We were doing a, we were doing a border run to to renew our visas, mm-hmm. and uh, such a like, you know, you hear these stories where it's like people, and I have another friend of mine. He went to, he lived in Bangkok for a little bit, and he said he met a lot of uh, Swedish guys there guys from the Nordic countries who would just, they, they qualify. So even if you're in Thailand for some of these Nordic countries, you can qualify for welfare. And these were just guys who said, you know, screw it. I'm going to take the welfare from here and live down here. But like 
the way that my my friend described them was they weren't really living very good lives. They were just living yeah. at the bar and slowly drinking themselves to death. And it's like there are these examples like escaping our lives is. Uh, I think one of the one of the biggest things that I learned from traveling the first time that I went was if you're a miserable sack of crap here, you're gonna be a miserable sack of crap there. My mm -hmm. first time traveling, I I my first fifteen days were beautiful. And then my old habits started to kick in and I, and I caught myself being just as miserable in this tropical, beautiful country with amazing food where everything was cheap, right? Access to everything. I was once again a miserable little man, <laughs> <laughs> even though I had everything I wanted. And I think that's, I think that, that, that there's, there's a quote that I love. Again, super simple, super whatever, cliche, but uh, wherever you go, there you are. So... Mm. You know, this speaks that you, you can't outrun your life. You can't outrun certain things. Your problems will come with you. You'll find a way to take your problems with you because you, and maybe not every problem, okay? Like some problems you can actually get away with, but the internal ones about the, usually the things you're trying to escape in your life, they'll follow you because those are problems that you have to, you have to handle, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. It's like understanding that, you know, that, that, that's almost one of the benefits of travel in my eyes is, is it wakes us up to realizing because I made all kind like I went to Thailand one year saying, telling myself, I'm going to start a business out there because I won't have all the distractions that I have back here in Toronto. And then I went out there and I procrastinated <laughs> twice as hard. And I was like, what yeah. the, f like what all my, you know, and it just, it shatters this excuse identity that you have. So yeah, I actually, I'm pro people trying to escape their lives because I think that the, the, the message is always you can't run away from who you are. Right. Yeah, again, it, it's so much of it, it comes down to are you the type of person who's going to get something, uh, utilize experience for the better or not in, in that sense. Uh, there's almost no need to go further about like here is how you should think about it or not. Or mm -hmm. I think for, for the most part, if you're going in, um, you're viewing travel through the lens that we've kind of described over this past hour or so, you're probably going to be fine. You're probably going to be able to figure out how to weather the disappointments or get, get, get a different viewpoint so that they're no longer disappointments or whatever it might be. You're going to navigate mm -hmm. this space fine. And if you are that maybe more clueless, less reflective person... Good luck. <laughs> yeah, you, then, 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 <laughs> then in some sense... It's a ticking clock. Maybe the first uh, trip is fine, but you're, in some sense, you're doomed to failure. So yes, and um, I almost feel like I say this every episode, and I guess I'll continue to. But perspective and mindset is going to dictate almost every because that is the totality of your experience, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, your how you're viewing the world is through is through that lens of perspective and through mindset, and if 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 you, you know, uh, um, go about things in a unhealthy way on either of those uh, um, levels, then you're 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 doomed to failure. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess that can take us to our takeaways, yeah. which uh, I don't have a ton to add in the in the sense that we've most of our points led to nice, neat kind of conclusions. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just reiterate that um have a good sense of of what it is that you're going for um 
be realistic with yourself just enjoy the experience for what it is um one thing one, one maybe one small additional point I'll, I'll throw in there is be willing to be a little bit spontaneous because i if, if you have too rigid a plan like you start on this day we're doing this and this day we're doing that um if you're enjoying it and it's working great but if you're finding that it's kind of making you miserable take a moment and you know change your plans a bit and mm -hmm. and especially if like you're really enjoying yourself doing one thing then you can double down it's okay if you miss out on on something else like go with what's feeling good what you're enjoying and don't double down on things that you aren't because yeah th then it's all then the trip becomes work in a way that it just mm. you know yeah. it's, it's counterproductive and yeah i think i think that's that's it for me how about you I think just to build off what you said, like the FOMO is really bad. Some people think they have to do everything when they go to a country. And it's like, I get it. You might only go to that country once, but it doesn't mean that you have to do everything that you can ever do there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's, this, it's almost like there's this idea of travel as being a, 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 a series of checkpoints. And this is kind of a wrap up to where we started is like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Instagram traveler. I have to go to a full moon party. I have to go to this. I have to do this one. I have to do this one. I have to go to Maya Bay and pet the monkeys. I have to go to this. I have to, you know what I mean? I, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know the Thailand checklist pretty well because I've spent a lot of time there and it's like, you don't have to do those. Yeah. I've spent six months in Thailand in total in my life. Never went to Maya Bay, never played with a tiger, never did a full moon party, mm -hmm. still had experience. I had experiences that were like all three of those yeah. in different, you know, versions of them. Yeah. And I haven't missed, like, again, it, it's, it's being able to do that without feeling like you missed out. Like, oh my God, did I, you know what I mean? So I think, I think my key takeaway would be, yeah, take your time traveling. And I think my biggest, my biggest takeaway from this, and I don't think we got to talk about this enough, but the biggest thing that I would tell people is look for the, look for the natural breaks in your life. You mm. mentioned one, taking a year off between university and getting employment. If you, if you find yourself exiting a career or exiting a job, and you have some savings and you have something that you can do to kind of, you know, hold over for a couple months. Those are ideal times to go to another country. The pandemic was a great time for a lot of people to go remote yeah. because there was absolutely no expectation for you to come into the office. So I know people who said, all right, screw it. I'm going to go live in Costa Rica. I'm going to go live in Mexico. I'm going to live in these other places or, you know, some, I mean, and that, then you're in the same time zone as we were here. I know other people went even more extreme. They said, all right, screw it. I'm going back home to, to Europe. I'm going to live way cheaper. And yeah, I'll be in a different time zone. It'll be a little bit harder to, to maintain my nine to five. But, you know, as long as there's that level of allowance, it's cool. And, and I mean, for some people, it turned out to be a great thing because, you know, or even or even just moving down to Florida as an example. Mm -hmm. I know, um, I know, well, he didn't, he didn't move there, but I know uh, a, a developer that I used to work with who spent a significant time in Florida and Texas in the last two years during pandemic. Why? Because they didn't lock down the same way that we did. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. wanted to enjoy his time more. So um, look for these look for these natural opportunities to travel. Look for these natural opportunities to live abroad, to live somewhere else, to go somewhere else. Um, and just and just really my biggest my biggest encouragement to everybody is to ditch ditch the two weeks. Ditch that two weeks. Mm. You know? Go for a longer experience whenever you can. Whenever you can find the time and don't be afraid to take a break from work, don't be afraid to take a break from other things. Just go. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna love it. And realistically speaking, unless you're absolutely strapped for cash and in debt, I would. I mean, if you're strapped for cash and in debt, obviously you have to get into the next job immediately. But mm -hmm. if you can, if you can even just like, uh, 
live without making that money for a little bit. Yeah. You never know what kind of benefits you're going to get and and it might help you in your career and other things. So I just think that's the biggest thing is look for look for the times in your life when you can really really make a uh, a commitment to a longer trip. You won't you won't regret it. Yeah. I think that's a good point to close. So Sounds good. Thanks for joining us uh, for this episode of Life's Difficult. Again, uh, as we always say, please share this with anybody you think who might like this episode, a friend, a family member, anybody else. Um, and if you can, leave us a positive rating and a review or whatever platform you're, you're listening to this to. And other than that, take care and we'll see you next week for another episode of Life's Difficult.